Welcome everybody to Lucky Episode 13 of Facilities of Five and Dime, brought to you by Smart Church Solutions. We focus on your facility so you can focus on your mission. My name is Nathan Parr. I am happy once again to be with you this week. It's been a busy week uh, for our company. We've been out and about doing a bunch of webinars, meeting and greeting folks, uh, keeping social distance, of course, doing it all electronically. And the music this week is a little more mellow by request. Luke, this is for you. You know we wanted to keep it smooth and keep it mellow on number 13 as we enjoy ourselves this week. This week we're doing a little bit different, again, keeping the music mellow, but the subject we're talking about when the honeymoon ends. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nobody's been talking about weddings. Nobody's been talking about these fun times, Nathan. What are you on? I'm on that data collection track. I'm on that research track, man. I've just been having fun, been filling my brain with all sorts of numbers and figures, and we're going to talk about what has been concerning me the more I research, and that is what happens six months from now? What happens a year from now? Not in terms of what's going to be the next thing, what's going to happen, the next pandemic, but for us as facility stewards, for you out there, what happens six months when this pressure is relieved slightly, when we are back to a new or a return to a different normal? Things are probably not going to stay the same exactly as they were. Hopefully we're going to keep the good and uh, reassess everything else and and do that. But where do we go when the honeymoon ends? What happens when buyer remorse hits? Are we seeking the next solution without understanding the issues we need to fix? That's what I've been fixating and thinking on. Of course, the answer to the first two is kind of simple. We've got to figure out the new course, right? Um... That's what happens when, when stuff ends and, and we're upset or we need to figure something out, we, we do something else. The third answer, it's even simpler. So again, the question is, are we seeking the next solution without understanding the issues we need to fix? Yes. Yes. For many of us, uh, we're getting bombarded by sources with recommendations and solutions for the biggest fear at hand. Yet we may not have been adequately prepared to deal with the pre-existing issues we faced. There's this mistaken thought that in a crisis we suddenly get smarter. Uh, no, that's not what happens. You know, watch footage from any large crowd of people. They become scared or emotional. What happens? Gets a little crazy, right? Rational thought leaves the premises and fight or flight takes over. It's fascinating. Uh, or go to a large-scale sporting event. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I uh, couldn't resist. For those that are listening, I'm not a sports guy, you know that, but uh, you cannot tell me that uh, the collective IQ of the crowd at one of those large-scale gatherings gets higher, right? And a lot of us have experienced that pull of the crowd, uh, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing that with, what do I do this? Well, how about this? And what about this? Unfortunately, when we're considering what we need to do regarding a SARS COVID-19, uh, like maybe not naming it so long. Uh, The pull of the crowd is strong, regardless of the end of the spectrum that you're on. Uh, Sometimes meaning we're doing too much, or maybe you're on that where we don't think we've done enough. It doesn't matter. You're emotionally invested, right? We all are emotionally invested. I think we all need to admit that, because that's where we go, and that's how we understand, kind of get that common ground. When we consider what we need to do, those decisions are going to be influenced by emotions in some manner. That's reality. 
I prefer personally to research and thesis and, and present things in objective terms and verifiable proven facts. It drives my family nuts. Uh, it's not, I don't care how you feel about something, I want to know why, right? Uh, well, my preference for information gathering and distribution is to be devoid of emotion, be as detached as possible, prove it, verify it. The reason I prefer that is not objective in terms of it's based on and it's founded on my personal recognition that I can be very subjective in certain areas. Uh, that, that Some things can mean so much to me that I want to be right so that I can feel assured that I have done all I can. Does that sound familiar? You want to make sure and be so right about your course of action that you feel assured that you've done all you can. That's not bad in and of itself. The issue becomes when that passion pushes you, pushes me into the realm of confirmation bias, of, of, of thinking, okay, I heard this, this, this makes me feel better, so I'm going to go ahead and go forth. I have a strong position. Uh, in confirmation bias, you can have a strong position. I might have a strong position. And then I can look for only those articles, individuals that support my position. And then they reinforce my argument. And then, you know, they say it. And it's an echo chamber. And it gets stronger, 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 stronger. Um, sound right? You've heard that before. You've, you've probably experienced. However, this may come a shock, but I am not always right. And yes, my wife has heard me say that before, that I am wrong. At least I'm assuming she did. She'd only been asleep for about an hour or so. I'm sure she heard me admit it. No big deal. So, getting back on track. Uh, so what I try to do now, uh, many times, is if I find a product, process, new information that I think is worthwhile in pursuing or someone's asked me about, I first look for all the literature and material that I can find that disagrees with how wonderful it is. Tells me how bad it is. Tells me why it doesn't work. Uh, I want to see why people think it's not good, what proof do they offer, and is that proof verifiable? So I want to find the negative first. I want to, the, the counter, I want to see what's out there. And once I've explored those and built the best case I can for not liking the process product, uh, or, uh, but not individual, we got to be nice to each other, right? Uh, <laughs> but product or process. Um, once I've got that and i built the best case I can, I turn then to that affirmative research, that, that stuff that says, hey, this is a good deal. But I also try to avoid only reviewing the affirming literature that the company or whoever founded the process, whoever is coming to me first, uh, I don't like to read that literature uh, that says, hey, this is a good idea. Um, you know what, they, they're, they're vested in it, they've got an interest in it, and I understand that. That doesn't make it bad, it's just my preference is to find some third-party verification. Um, and I love it when folks quote scientific reports on either side of the argument because that's an additional thing that I can search for and read the report for myself. You know, are the conclusions they drew from that report similar, uh, the same? Uh, and then when I'm done, I can either uh, agree with the original premise, I can hold reservations regarding my original premise, so that means, okay, it's sort of there, but maybe it's not as good as people say it is, uh, but it does have promise, or I can reject it completely. Try again. Uh, so what does that matter to us, uh, COVID, and, and as we're listening to this podcast? Well, we're all in the hunt 
for the best way to reopen our facilities and make them safe as possible. Right? Uh, UV lights and HVAC systems, ozone generators, electrostatic sprayers, disinfectant fogging procedures. Uh, these represent a sample of items and questions uh, we've received here at Smart Church Solutions from folks across the nation. Um, I've been researching a lot of that stuff. I've been diving into it, reading uh, reports from Ashray and a few other people. Just great information coming my way. Um, and there's a, there's a couple takeaways, about six, that I wanted to share with you. Um, so number one, there's no one-size-fits-all answer. There isn't. Uh, there's a lots of stuff out there, but it's not right and correct for everyone. Every gathering of believers is unique. The facility you're in is going to be unique, and the reality of COVID-19 in your immediate community is going to be unique. Uh, what I experience in my county may not be what you've experienced in yours. So you have to take in the info on what has worked for others and learn from their mistakes, but do not expect their process to work exactly for you. Just, it's not. It's not going to be one thing. Uh, but the more you learn, that does increase the tools that you have in your toolbox, which is always a good thing. Uh, there is some very promising data on technology like ozone generation, UV systems, and, and the HVAC, and a few other things. But it will not solve any of the underlying deferred maintenance and lack of training issues you may have already had. Uh, research over many years affirms that deferred maintenance is a major issue across the country, uh, especially in churches, and custodial maintenance teams are generally not afforded robust and consistent training opportunities. If we're failing in the basics, adding an advanced technology on an inadequately maintained system decreases that of the effectiveness of that new technology. Uh, a lot of the research I find I'm reading, as they're testing it, they're testing it and developing their efficacy rates based on systems that are operating very well, that are properly maintained, that are sealed. If that's not describing your stuff, that can be an issue. Right? Um, and as we add these things in, uh, we're going to add in a need for better and additional preventative maintenance and upkeep on a system that requires some specific training. Uh, keep in mind, devices that can kill coronavirus, this new technology, this UV light and these other things, while once uh, they're operational and, and proven effective and verifiable, while they're great, they're generally not good for you uh, in terms of they kill the coronavirus. And so we probably shouldn't hang out and watch movies with it while it's operating. Um, so before you invest in this technology, be realistic in your assessment as to whether you have taken care of your underlying systems, your facility systems in there, and how well you've trained your teams. If that's not where it should be, you may be compounding some issues. Uh, so that leads us to kind of three. Master the foundational elements. Make a lasting difference. Train your teams. You know what? Train them. Understand the science behind cleaning. Um, train your teams. That's a, that's a good idea. Maybe ensure that the products and equipment you use to clean uh, are correct for your facility and in proper working order. And um, uh, train your teams, right? So if we have the foundational elements correct, we are better able to handle that increased disinfection protocol, that increased work that we're going to find ourselves doing in the months to come. And a properly trained team will continue to do it right past the point in time when the next new issue arrives. Like, I don't know, murder hornets. What's up with that? Uh, but again, a properly trained team, they want to do everything right all the time. And they have the training and skill sets to do that. That's an investment. Uh, number four, you're not alone. 
You are not alone. Do not let those around you think they are alone, because they're not alone either. Refer to our podcast, episode number 12, for more on that. Okay? Preventative, uh, mental preventative maintenance. Keep that in mind. Number five, everyone can make a difference, so hold them accountable to it. Okay? You, if you develop policy, process, procedures, everyone that you have authority come in contact or some sort of relationship with, you need to hold them accountable to those things that you've instituted. No exceptions. And number six, you probably should have ordered all the new cleaning equipment several months ago when you did not know you needed it. Okay, you should have known the future. Uh, fortunately, the basics of cleaning can still be utilized to keep you safe. Just the application and the time needed is going to be increased. Uh, but that should not stop you from placing those orders for that equipment as we ramp up uh, manufacturing of the things we need, like electrostatic sprayers, for example, which are a great choice for many people, uh, or those chemicals that we need, or the PPE. Uh, and we do have some contacts, people that contact us to say, hey, we have stuff. Uh, and so there are places out there that have some of the stuff that may not be your typical suppliers. Um, reach out to them. Supply chain is interesting. Um, I just had a conversation this week with a um, uh, AV supply house that had case pricing available for masks, for example, uh, and gloves. So didn't think of it, but but they did. So wrapping this up, uh, taking it down, uh, finishing up. I encourage you to be judicious. Love that word, judicious. And any major investments of new to you technology in your building systems. Okay, there's going to be exceptions, um, but we're speaking in generalities on a lot of this. So focus first on your front line and what they have available. Uh, training of that front line, proper chemicals to do the work, proper equipment, support from all in the organization to do the job, and training. Um, those things make a huge difference. Get that right, and then grow your capabilities. Uh, otherwise, you might you may find that in a few months you have this massive investment in equipment in your facility uh, that you're not quite sure how it's used if it's actually effective in doing what it's supposed to uh, not quite sure how to maintain it and, and you know, how does it work so as we return to more activities in our facilities that means our time to train, perform preventive maintenance and to learn that naturally becomes shorter when we, we get busy, we tend to fall back on engaging with the immediate at the expense of the long term. That's, that's reality. The amount of deferred maintenance in our facilities and our national infrastructure bears that out. We're always dealing with the immediate, not always looking long term. There is hope. I always want to remember that, remind that, not only for you, but for me. There's hope. We'll get through this together. That's what we're designed for. That's what we were created for. So thanks again for dropping in, spending time with me on this Facilities 5 and Dime. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoy being with you. Next week, we're going to start up, and we got uh, next couple weeks, some additional conversations with some really smart folks. Um, that's what we like to do, connect you with even the, the smartest folks out there. And we're going to introduce you next week to a really neat tool. So thanks again for being here. Facilities 5 and Dime brought to you by Smart Church Solutions. Stay safe, everyone. Till next week. <laughs>